9.03 here on this Wednesday, and uh, like you, like me, following up and catching up on the news on uh, New Year's Day, you would have noticed that it was not a great start to the year. There were a number of stabbings, certainly around Toronto, uh, shooting in the city's west end. Um, You know, sadly, most of us don't even flinch anymore when you hear it. It's just kind of a, a thing we've come to expect. Part of big city living, they'll tell you. Sad. Because 2018 was a record-breaking year as far as gun deaths, certainly, and certainly for violence in Toronto. And politicians just won't talk about it. Everyone else living in Toronto, around Toronto, everyone else says, yeah, we have a gang war problem. But no one else will actually say that. A report out now uh, from an Ontario judge who has been tasked into looking into carding said earlier this year, that um, carding has had little to no value as a law enforcement tool and should be curtailed. So on one side of this whole thing, you've got all this record number of shootings, this violence and murders. You've got cops saying they can't do their job. And then on the other side of this issue, you've got special interest groups pushing their agenda. You've got politicians saying we need a ban on handguns. And now you've got a judge saying that while carding could play a role, it should only be used in specific situations. In other words, only if something is suspiciously going on. But if a cop can't work off a hunch or a suspicion without worrying about offending somebody, how do they police? Because what you think is suspicious or what I think is suspicious or what a cop might think is suspicious, that's all in the eye of the beholder. So this judge's recommendations are going before the premier as they look into new legislation on police reforms. But there's a lot of politicking being done on this issue and not a lot of honest talk. Let's see if we can get some of that going. Dave Perry, of course, is a CEO of Investigative Solutions Network, but he also spent 28 years uh, with Toronto Police Service in the Homicide uh, Unit. Hello there, sir. Good evening, Alex. You have read the report, and you say what? Well, I read the report, and I found it very difficult to read and uh, very concerned about the content. I found it really interesting that uh, in the sort of introduction that uh, Justice Tollock said that he concluded that random street checks, which take considerable time and efforts of police services, have little or no a verifiable benefit relating to a level of crime or even arrests. Mm-hmm. And, and my first question is, has he not seen the news reports and the crime stats? He quite frequently used the trauma starter to quote, you know, some of his findings, and especially when it came to crime statistics. But there seems to be quite a gap in, in what he's writing and what his introduction said and, and what's actually happening on the streets of Toronto and in the GTA. Well, that's kind of how I looked at it. I thinking, okay, the report says one thing, but the headlines... They're not torqued headlines. I mean, every time there's a shooting, all you have to do is, is is open the media. I mean, that's not a torqued headline. So I don't understand how the numbers continue to add up. But we keep getting told the same thing, that, you know, intelligence gathering through things like carding and that are not uh, proving or yielding any results. Well, I think, you know, you, you said it best at the, the beginning of your show that there are special interest groups involved in, you know, trying to fulfill their own agendas and, I'm highly suspicious of what the agenda here is on this particular review. And, you know, I look at some of the things that uh, Justice Tollock said 
you know, looking at, uh, you know, a 65 percent increase in gun seizures from 2017 to 2018. And he, he says, and that's despite the fact that Toronto reported fewer regulated interactions in 2017 than 2018. So it depends on how you manipulate or look at that statistic from a realistic perspective. Right. That should, that should concern us all. That the fact that we don't do street checks any longer, that we rarely interact with people on, you know, mere suspicion that they're involved in gang activity, criminal activity of any kind, yet we still see 65% more handguns in 2018. Well, that's why we have so many more shootings and so many more homicides because the guns are so prevalent out there. And because of all of these restrictions being placed on police, in my opinion, is exactly why we're seeing these kinds of stats. Right. There's a real, there's a real problem. There's way more guns out there. There's way more gang activity and they are uh, getting control of the streets and we're putting the control of the streets into the hands of the wrong people. Right, but this thing's been so politicized because now you've got uh, legal gun owners who are being vilified needlessly and unfairly. You've got politicians who are politicking this thing because they worry more about the votes and offending people. Um, and essentially, uh, those caught in the crossfire are going to be the people of the city of Toronto, and and not just Toronto, because Dave, this is spreading to outside of Toronto. So you got Mississauga, Scarborough, you've got all these areas, Peterborough, uh, Hamilton, where they they're just going to continue to branch out and take their crime spree on the road. Yeah, bang on. And if you look at any of the cities that around Toronto or anywhere in Canada that are experiencing similar problems, the, the common factor is always the same thing, that there's gun activ- gang activity, and therefore guns and drugs and all of the mayhem that goes with it. Yet Justice Tulloch would refer to the fact that so many communities have been unaffected by basically the banning or, or you know, the, the practice of, of carding or street checks, however you want to term it, uh, being reduced and or completely banned. Well, you can't have that argument because in these communities that he's talking about, they don't have a gang problem. Right. So you're, they, let me explain that, though. We're talking about it would be one thing to do a, a, a carding in, let's say, Forest Hill or Rosedale or, or the nicest neighborhoods in any of your cities. You're not going to get that kind of data. But there are very specific pockets of crime in the GTA that carding would make sense because that's where the crime is taking place. Yeah, and if you use his definition of random checks, and he makes it sounds like police officers are demons, that they're just skulking around and just stopping people for absolutely no reason whatsoever and saying, give me your papers, and they're collecting that data and putting it into an intelligence database. And that's just not the way it's been done. And I'm not saying that there doesn't need to be some tweaking to street investigations to make sure that we are doing it properly and that the public is more informed, but the way we're headed, if if we adopt these recommendations, we're heading down a very slippery slope, and we're going to see our murders, our shootings, our stabbings, and our, our rates of violent crime increasing next year, the year after, and, and so on, until somebody apply some common sense policy to all of this. Yeah, I mean, the stabbings uh, generally, uh, to me, are, are at a shocking level. We're... I don't recall seeing this many stabbings are just like a one-off now. It's just every single day we're we're hearing about them. It's almost as bad as as the shootings. Yeah, and like you, I'm a news junkie, and I I was horrified on New Year's Day just flipping through the, the headlines and seeing all of the violent crime that happened on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, which you know just a few short years ago we just never saw that. Mm-hmm. And and now, as you said, it's become a, a regular part of our society and. Uh, people don't seem to be shocked or offended by too much anymore, and, and I'm just wondering what it's going to take to finally change that. 
Well, I, I really, I really found it interesting, Alex, to put a, a point on where Justice Tollick is going with his recommendations and report. He talked about the fact that a police officer in a regulated interaction should record and to note all of the things that have to be recorded by a police officer, it took from, it took from letter A to R to record everything that a police officer is supposed to record when he or she simply stops and investigates somebody on the street. And really, when you read through all of those various uh, paragraphs, all it does is put the police officer at, under very unreasonable scrutiny and at risk of a disciplinary action for simply doing their job. And so you have to ask yourself this, why would they do their job? Why, why would they actually get involved in the in a risky piece of business like a like a, a, a street investigation when they know all that's going to happen is is that they're going to be scrutinized and for any you know perceived or real mistake that they might have made during that interaction they they could be disciplined they could be you know told that it was only done because of race or discrimination which of course is the obvious statement we all make that nobody wants to see that or is there any place in policing or anywhere else for that kind of activity but um, when, you, when I read through this uh, recommendation 7.9, I just thought if I was a police officer, I would do my job. I would answer the radio and respond to calls from the public. And, you know, if, if the decision makers and the politicians are going to say no more engagement with the public, well, we're all going to see what that's going to look like in about one or two years. Okay, so if you were a cop, if you were with the Homicide Unit or you were a cop today, would you work on a hunch? Would you as a cop today... Uh, as Dave Perry, um, go on a hunch or, or work on a suspicion to, to check on someone if you thought a crime was going to go down, or would you walk away at this point? Oh, listen, uh, I think every uh, man and woman on the Toronto Police Service, if they thought a crime was going to go down, they're going to do their job. But when you look at these recommendations in this 310-page report, it's it's taking all of the tools away from the officers to do anything other than the obvious, other than actually seeing a crime being committed or having very strong grounds to believe that a crime is about to be committed. Uh, that's about the only time that police officers are going to be able to interact with the public and, and do any kind of an investigation. But to see something that is, and I, I don't mean, you, you can't be making stuff up, but I don't want people stopped indiscriminately right. walking down the street. Sure. But you know what, if police officers see something that looks suspicious, I think that's why we uh, put them in those positions of authority to put some trust behind them that they're going to do their job honorably. They will not discriminate. They will not be biased or treat anybody unfairly, but they will do their job and they will investigate suspicious activity. And if something's happened, they'll take the appropriate steps. And if nothing's happened, perhaps they can turn that into a positive interaction and, and c- carry on a conversation with the public and and continue to build the relationships that are so necessary out there. Yeah, well, yeah, but you you know that that for groups like Black Lives Matter, they're they're going to politicize that one way or another. Just before I let you go, would cameras on 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 cops would that not address a lot of this? Quick break here, and when we come back, we bring in.